0: Going on, everybody! Happy Sunday, happy Sunday, everybody! Uh, for those of you joining in um, and you're returning guests of Sunday service, you may have noticed the time has changed. Um, here in Arizona, we do not uh, go by, you know, we, we don't have the daylight savings time uh, situation. So I know for those of you East Coast, Central, Pacific. All of you guys just had your time zones changed. Um, So this is your reminder that Sunday service is every Sunday, 7 p.m. Arizona time. The reason I say Arizona time is because we do not change time. So you have to be paying attention to what the heck your time zone is doing. um, So we can keep on track and make sure that you don't miss out on Sunday service. And so... Um, guys, tonight uh, we have an, uh, an exciting topic that we're going to dive into. I'm going to keep it short and sweet and just go right into the details here in just a moment. Um, for those of you that have not been on here, uh, before, um, Sunday service, uh, myself and my partner Pace Morby have been doing this for, oh my gosh, almost three years. My gosh! So um, it's it's really exciting, you know, what we've been doing over the last few years. Um, we do Sunday service because there's a lot of investors that, um, for us, for example, when we first started, we wish there was another resource for us to be able to go to, for us to be able to learn faster and be able to get to where we wanted to go a little bit faster. So that's why we do this. And um, just a couple quick things, housekeeping items, guys. Those of you that do not know this Sunday service, we are on Spotify and we are on iTunes as well. So if you're driving to work, driving to school, driving to your appointments during the week, and you want to catch up with any past appointments, you can, uh, or any past Sunday services, apologize. I've been up since 3 a.m. Arizona time because I flew back from Florida this morning. So um, I apologize if I'm a little off on some things, but um Again, Sunday services on Spotify and iTunes. Check us out during the week, and Sunday service is so you guys know um, we are sponsored by Batch Leads. Um, they reached out to us, said, "Hey, you are always pulling lists uh, on on Sunday service. Do you guys want to get those lists for cheaper? And we'll sponsor your show." And we're like, "Sure, that sounds great." So we decided to do that uh, with Batch Leads. So. Um, just posting that up there in the comment section, batsleads.ioforge last Sunday. Um, Pace is fly- on a plane right now, uh, flying home from Atlanta, Georgia. He just spent um, the last couple of days there speaking at events. So he will be coming um, back next Sunday together here. Um, Talis says, you guys deserve a vacay. Um, I was on vacation the last couple days in Florida and I am back and ready to rock. So, um, uh, Kostowick is asking on BATS Leads, you know, can you get uh, 5,000 uh, free records? If, yes, if you do use the BATS forward slash Sunday, you can get 5,000 free records with BATS Leads. So, um, getting into it tonight, guys, we are going to, see in the comments here, um, welcome, welcome, welcome. We're going to be talking about uh, your cash buyers list, building a cash buyers list. And this is going to be a two-part episode. So today, we're going to be talking more specifically around just some of the fundamentals of building a cash buyers list. And next week, we are going to actually pull cash buyers lists for you to show you how to do it. So this is going to be the fundamentals of well, what's why are you pulling this cash buyers list? Who am I reaching out to? Why am I reaching out to them? What do I say? Those types of things. That's what we're going to be talking about tonight. Um, and next Sunday, it's going to be like the nitty gritty of literally pulling up. Um, we're going to pull up Batch Leads. We're going to show you how to pull a buyers, cash buyers list through Batch Leads on that platform so you can see how to do it. Um, but Let's go ahead and dive right in. And, and if you have questions as I'm going through it, feel free to, as always, post those in the comment section and I'll get to those as we go. All right. So cash buyer list building. So let's, let's just get started with this. So um, I'll let you guys comment in the comment section below what you think should you build your buyers list when you have a deal already, or should you start building your buyer's list before you get a deal? If you think you need to have a deal before you start building your buyer's list, put a put, type in deal in the comment section below that you think you have to have a deal before you can start building a buyer's list. Or if you think you do not need to have a deal before you start building your buyer's list, throw in the comment section, no deal. All right, I'm seeing what people are saying. And for those that are just listening to the audio, obviously not seeing the comments here. Liz says, start with buyer's list. Christian says, before. Surreal says, start right away. RT says, depends on who you are. Ooh, I like that. I like that answer. And I'll elaborate on that here in a second. Aaron says, deal. Stoney says, way before. Before, 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 before. Why not both? I like it. No deal. Oh my gosh. This is great. This is great. So buyers first learn from experience. Cole Black says, all right. So let's see what we got here. I, I really, I really like this. So I think my favorite answer to be honest guys is the, it depends on who you are and I'll elaborate on that. So if you're brand new, you're just getting started. This is your first week in real estate, for example. Let's just use that as an example. You're brand new. You don't know what zip codes are good in the in the area that you're going to be looking for deals in. You don't know what price point is good. You don't know what a good deal looked like if it smacked you in the face. You don't know. Um, that That's one type of person. And maybe another type is, Maybe you have real estate experience. Maybe you're an appraiser, you're a real estate agent, you are, you know, a loan officer, you understand, you know, you know real estate generally, right? You're going to have a little bit better gauge maybe than some other people will. So, I'm just going to start with if you have you're like I don't I don't know. I don't I don't really know much. That's what I'm going to assume. So, it depends if you're somebody that you don't know anything about anything in the market you're going into, and this goes for if you're going to be marketing in your hometown, if that's the area, if that's the market you're going to be doing business in, or whether you're going to be doing business in a virtual market in another state, somewhere, another city that's not local to you. So here, here's what I would do. I'm, we're going to talk about, I'm going to go into where are the places that you could find these people. But I'm gonna talk about why you want to have these conversations and why you wanna reach out to these people. So, for those of you that are saying that when you, uh, when you don't have a deal, you, you don't have a deal yet, here's, here's why you wanna get in touch with buyers. Here is the reason. So, when you're brand new, what are you gonna do in your business? You're probably gonna start spending money on marketing, whether you're driving for dollars. Whether you're sending out direct mail, whether you're paying for PPC (pay-per-click), whether you're uh, doing text message marketing, whether you're doing, uh, let's say, cold, you hire some cold callers from StartVirtual.com, and you have no idea what markets you're even supposed to be spending your time in, you're going to waste a lot of money. So, when you're reaching out, uh, when you're reaching out to buyers and starting to build a buyers list, let's just start with this because it's little action items that are going to allow you to just go and do this. So if you haven't already done this, go find minimum five, but a stretch goal of 10 buyers this week. So if you go out and you work to get five to 10 buyers this week, you're going to find all the information you need to know for the most part of where you want to spend your time. So here, here's what I would do. Okay. So I'm not going to talk about where to find them. I'm going to talk about what the things you want to have a conversation to about them and why, and then we'll circle back to where you're going to find them. So if I'm going to reach out to cash buyers, I'm brand new. Here's what I'm going to do is, and you should have, you know, whether you just start an Excel sheet in your computer and you have cash buyers or whether you literally old school it, put it on a piece of paper to start, whatever it takes, just take the action. So I'm going to, I'm going to call up, Let's say I find, um, I'm just going to use this as an example. I find a property on Zillow. its It looks like it's completely remodeled. And there's an agent that listed it. And it obviously looks like a fix and flip. I'm going to call that agent and let's assume the agent's, you know, owner agent, they bought it, they fixed it up. Now they listed it on the market themselves. And now they're flipping that deal. So I'm going to call up that agent and say, you know, let's pretend that agent's name is John. I'm going to say hey john my name's cody and i'm going to again pretend that i am very new um but i'm going to you know put my best foot forward hey john my name's cody i saw that uh your property over there on one two three main street it looked like you would you know that was a fix and flip um are you looking to buy more uh buy more properties like that in this area well, of course, a fix and flipper. If you call me and you say, "Do I want to buy deals?" I say, "Yes." So if they want to buy more deals, you can continue that conversation. And this is what it looks like. If you don't ever, if you've never done a deal, this is how you can stature yourself to build, you know, relatively good rapport with, you know, that agent, that investor, whoever that cash buyer is. I'm gonna say, "Okay, John, awesome." So I've actually been working with inv- uh, selling deals to investors in this area. And I'm curious, you know, if I come across something, would would that be something you'd want to take a look at? Of course, they're going to say, yes, I would love to, you know, take a look at the deal. Sometimes off-cash buyers, they don't want to talk on the phone for 10 minutes. They just want to get you off the phone. That's okay. Keep calling, keep having conversations until you get the information you need. So these are some of the questions I'm going to ask. I'm going to say, okay, John, so um, I saw your property... That you, uh, that you flipped here, it looks like it was listed for $400,000. Now, do you typically only want to buy fix and flips that are in this price point on, you know, where the ARV, the after repaired value is around $400,000? Oh, well, uh, you know, Cody, I would typically buy anything up to 500,000 ARV as long as it's a good deal. Okay, so John, what what's a good deal to you? Is it do you want to make a certain percentage on your money? Is it you want a certain profit that you're making on the deal? Um, and me as John again, well, I want to make you know ten percent. And again, guys, this will be market dependent. I want to make ten percent. Okay, so um, so let me just get that straight. So if you list this property for four hundred thousand, uh, you want to make forty thousand dollars profit. Yep, that's right. Okay, perfect. So I'm understanding what, what John needs to make on a deal for it to be worthwhile for his time. So that's one of the things I'm gonna ask. So I got it. I know that John will buy a deal, any deal up to five hundred thousand. Okay. So um, so John, I, I see that you listed this property, um, and it's in you know Mesa, Arizona, or it's in this zip code eight five two zero four. Um, do you just only buy in the zip code or are you open to deals in other areas? Here's John again. Oh, well, Cody, I would buy any deal that is in, let's say the East Valley of Arizona. So there's multiple cities within the East Valley. I'll buy any deal. um, as long as it's a single family home, a condo or a town home, that's helpful, right? So I'm, I'm looking for information. So I know if I have a deal that can sell at an ARV of up to $500,000, that's a single family home, a condo, a townhome on the east side of the valley here in Arizona, right? And obviously, you know, reference for whatever market you're in, that John may be a good buyer. So other questions that I'm going to ask. Okay. So John, obviously I got it. You know, I have a better understanding here. Um, are there any types of, uh, are there any areas that you wouldn't want to buy in the East Valley? If I just sent it to you, you'd be like, no, that's garbage. Don't even waste my time with that. Nope. Pretty much anything in the East Valley of Arizona. If the numbers make sense, I'll buy it. Perfect. So last question, you know, last couple questions I have for you. So John, um, you know, typically what I'll do is I will purchase the property myself to fix and flip it or, if I have too many projects going on, or you know, I have too much going on at the time, I'm, you know, I wholesale these properties. Now, are you going to be? Uh, would you be offended if I assigned a property to you for a profit, as long as the number still made sense for you? Now, notice the reason, the way that I said that, John. Would you be offended if I assigned a property to you and I made a profit, as long as the number still made sense for you? So. So this is again, um, and and I'm I'm not using a script, guys. I don't want to uh, make it seem like this is some ninja's perfect script. Like this is how I have a conversation with a real buyer. So, <clears throat> so so John, would you be offended if I assigned the property to you for a profit? And um, you know, if it, if they're a buyer you want to do business with, they they will they will be okay with it. They're going to be okay with it. And they're going to say, yeah, of course, I, I don't have a problem with you assigning it as long as the numbers make sense for me. So that's important because there are some butthole buyers that get pissed off if you make too much money on an assignment fee. So if a buyer ever questions, and this is like, like this, I tell my team this, if you ever have a buyer that questions how much money we are making on a deal. Whether they say, "Oh, like your assignment, like that's that's too much," or anything like that, blacklisted. Never call them again. Block their phone number. They are dead to me. They are dead to our company. Never want to talk to them ever again. That's it. Okay, and I have zero remorse for that. If somebody isn't okay with my company making money so that i can support my team and their family and support my family they are dead to me and you have to be strict with that if you you do not want to allow buyers to beat you up and to screw you around so you have to make sure that you have legitimate buyers that's what you have to be really really careful of is making sure that you have real buyers that aren't going to drag you around so So, I asked John that, and you know, he's like, Yeah, no, I don't have a problem with that. I'll pay, um, I'll pay whatever for the deal as long as it makes sense for my numbers. And just so you guys know, check this out. So, Pace and myself, we have paid assignment fees as little as two thousand dollars. We've paid twenty thousand dollar assignment fees, we've paid fifty thousand dollar assignment fees. I've paid an $85,000 assignment fee because Pace and I still made a bunch of money on that fix and flip. I don't care how much money somebody else is making. And so true buyers are not going to care. Again, um, maybe they actually do buy, but if they have a problem with the way that you do business and the way that you support your team, their families and your family, they're not somebody that we're gonna do business with. So, um, oh, this is funny. So Rick says, Met a buyer who said 40K was his max assignment fee he tolerates. That would be a buyer I would say bye bye to and have a nice life. I wouldn't, as long as the numbers make sense, that's just greed and jealousy that the, and, and the buyer is counting your money. The money that you're making that you had to spend your time, energy, effort, marketing dollars to get a deal. They are pissed off because you had to put in all the blood, sweat, and tears to get that deal. I know I'm kind of, you know, ranting on this topic, guys. So I, I apologize, but I just want to make it clear: don't waste your time with people that want to waste your time. All right. Um, so, um, so we talked about in that conversation with 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 the John. I found out he'll buy any properties up to five hundred thousand dollars. I found out the type of properties he'll buy. I found out the type of areas that he'll buy in. And now, um, you know, I, I found out if there was any zip codes or any cities that he would not want to buy in. So here's what I would do is now I have John, I have my one buyer And here before I moved to that. So Isaiah says, why not just double close? I will double close if it's going to be an issue with the title company not liking it uh, liking something going on, or if their lender, like their hard money lender wouldn't like seeing that big of an assignment fee. I will, if it's that case, but I will not, um, double close otherwise. I don't want to waste, um, the funds, whether it's us or the end buyer having to pay, you know, extra fees, double closing. So, um, back on, back on my point here. So I've identified one buyer's criteria of what type of properties they'll buy. I've identified the areas they'll buy in and I've identified the type of properties, the asset class, single family homes, condos, townhomes, all that, right? Um, So now what you want to do is go get minimum, like minimum have that conversation with five people. Try to get to 10, try to get 10. Because here's the reason that I'm saying this. If you don't have a deal, you've never done a deal. If you talk to ten true buyers that actually buy fix and flips, that actually buy rentals, that are real true buyers, not just other wholesalers, what you're going to find out is you're going to probably find some sort of trend within those ten buyers. You'll start to identify. Okay, maybe there's a couple outliers in there that you know. Uh, one of those might be okay to you know go up to a million dollars, but within like kind of the median, like the, or the, uh, not the median, the the mean, the average of the buyers that you have, they typically buy within a certain range. And this is how you can start to reverse engineer the type of properties that you're marketing after. So if I know my buyer wants to, if I know that within my 10 different buyers, I have the average price point that the most that they're going to pay is $400,000. Most of them only want to buy single family homes. Most of them only want to buy, um, properties that are, uh, let's say, you know, newer, a uh, little bit newer build, like 1970s and newer. Um, but not, you know, as new as 2000, like those, those things that I'm going to uncover within those 10 buyers that I have conversations with is going to allow me to then go and and build my list around that. So, How I'm going to now go build my list when I'm going to go spend my marketing dollars is I'm going to look at, well, I'm an order taker. I know that my 10 buyers want to buy all of this type of criteria. I'm going to go pull my list of pre-foreclosure properties that maybe have a value of up to 400000 max, single family homes only, properties that are 1970 and newer, but not newer than the year 2000. Um, They are, let's say, what other criteria? They're only in these four zip codes. Those are the areas that I'm going to be focusing on. Now you've, you've built a more custom list for you to market to. And that is the exact demographic of who your buyers actually want to buy from. Instead of you just spending money over here, over here, and just throwing money in these different areas and spending time in these different areas, you can focus on the buyers that actually want to buy in the certain criteria. And that's what you want to do. And so that's how, if you've never done a deal, you can build a buyer's list and become knowledgeable on who, uh, you know, what people actually buy within your market. If you know nothing about your market within one week, if you have 10 conversations with real buyers, you will know more than probably most real estate agents because most of them don't know much. And I am a real estate agent so I don't I don't want to hate on agents but most of them don't know anything about investing in real estate. So you, that's why you got to talk to real people that actually invest. Okay so we have identified um, you know what that conversation looks like when we are talking to uh to those investors now i know the next question is probably like okay well that's great cody but now where the heck do i find those people like where like how do how do i find them so here here's what you can do here are um a few of these are free ways again free as in you don't have to pay for it ways to find cash buyers that take a little bit more time. And then we'll talk about a couple paid ways to do it as well. So um, number one is going to be Facebook groups. Simple. So if you are, um, let's say that you're in um, Orlando. Let's say you're in Orlando, Florida. And you want to find buyers in Orlando. What I would do is I would go on Facebook and I would type in, Orlando Real Estate Agents, Orlando Real Estate Investors, Orlando Real Estate Investor Group. And there's going to be multiple different parts. Uh, There's going to be multiple different groups that pop up in those different variations. Orlando real, uh, REI, right? Typing in different variations of that. So whatever city you're in, Type in the city and then real estate investors, real estate association, real estate agents, you know, anything along the lines of investing in real estate. Go join those groups. There's usually multiple in every major market. You join the group. um, Obviously, find out if the group has, you know, uh, any rules against posting. Jump into the Facebook group. Another great group that you can join is if you haven't already joined it, is uh, you can go to Facebook and type in creative financing with Pace Morby. You can go join that Facebook group, and there's people all over the United States in there, and you could find investors through there. So you can make a simple post and find some buyers in that market. Something. Uh, so again, you can type in creative financing with Pace Morby on Facebook. You go into any of those groups, you say, you join it, you make sure you're allowed to post in there, say, hey guys. My name is Cody. I'm uh, a real estate investor in Orlando, Florida. I'm looking to connect with real buyers that are actively doing fix and flips, that are actively doing buy and holds or actively buy in, buying and renting or actively buying and you know turning properties into Airbnbs. Um, I go direct to seller and I'm looking to find end buyers that actually buy in these areas. It's like magic. It's a very simple, simple way. Um, So so that's a simple way that you can do it for free on Facebook. There's there's a free free one for you guys that don't want to spend the money on it. Um, This second one, it's free, but you're going to take a little bit of time. You can go over to a magical website that you probably have never heard of, Zillow.com. Go to Zillow.com, go into the cities or the different zip codes that you see that you're wanting to do marketing in and that you want to do deals in. And now you do the next thing is you scan through the listings. You look for properties that have came on the market that look like they've been completely remodeled. And then you follow the exact same thing that I just did earlier on this call. Or on this live, is you call them. Hey, I saw you, you know, I saw that you have this property over here at 123 Main Street. Um, Are you looking for more uh, properties to fix and flip? Or if that's uh, their client they're representing, hey, do you have your, um, hey, does your client want to buy more fix and flips? Um, I saw that you listed this property. It looks great. I do marketing in this area, blah, 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 blah. And they just have that same conversation, that same conversation. So, Facebook groups, Zillow, you could find people very easily on there. Again, free. I want to give you guys the free ways because there's always some butthole on the lives that says, Cody and Pace, you're always telling us to use something that we have to spend money on. And I don't have any money to do anything. And so that's why I'm giving you the free ways to do it. Yes, it's more work. Yes, you have to go and freaking take action, but it does work. Here's another low cost way. It's not free, but it is low cost. This is an this is something that I did to build my buyers list um, when I first was getting started. So I found out where my investors. Um, most of the um, what's it called? Uh, most of the investors that I first added to my buyers list when I started. One of the things that I did and it helped me, you know, I did have a bunch of, you know, ding dongs call me too, but I did actually get some legitimate buyers building my list this way is I did, I did bandit signs. So I went and got bandit signs and I did this literally. So say for example, um, you know, there's a fix and flip on like a, a, you know, some major crossroad of an investor that I just talked to. Say I just talked to John, my, you know, my new realtor investor buddy that I just made friends with and he has a fix and flip on this major intersection. What I did was I would go and buy bandit signs, I got a big black sharpie, and I would and I would write on um, I would write on the signs buy my house cheap. And then I wrote my uh call rail phone number on there. And where would I put them? I put them on the uh, near the intersection of where this particular fix and flip was um, of where I was trying to do marketing and I was driving for dollars. And I also, I put them around banks. I put them near Wells Fargo's. I put them near bank of America's. I put them near chase banks. I put them near credit unions because there's oftentimes people that have money visit the bank that they bank at. So I figured, you know, I'm going to put up these signs, you know, not in like the bank parking lots, guys, but like the intersections right around where they would see them going into the banks. That's what I did. Um, I don't do that anymore. I haven't done that in years, but that's just another example of how you can get some traction of getting buyers to be calling you. Um, (coughs) um, Obviously, you're going to get some tire kickers and time wasters that'll call you that way. But again, just giving you another idea of something that's low cost, it doesn't cost a bunch of money. It's more just, you know, buying the signs and then, you know, writing it out and taking the time to place them out. Um, So that's one, that's another way. So we talked about Zillow, we talked about Facebook groups. Um, Another way, which I I actually can segue with a comment that I saw come on here, Um, Robin Said i thought pace says most of the people in facebook groups will be wholesalers real buyers are not in facebook groups because they don't have time so where i do agree with that um there are a lot of time wasters and that's why robin i said it in the way that i did to make the post i'm looking to connect with real buyers Buyers that have closed on fix and flips that have closed on rental properties within the last few months that are actively buying in this zip code. I'm not looking for wholesalers to connect with if you want to be specific. Um, But another great way to find um, help to sell deals is wholesalers too. So again, that's another uh, type of individual you could find in Facebook groups or other wholesalers, but that's where you want to be specific. And Robin, you're going to find in the conversation you have with them, if you connect, you get on the phone with them, you can find out within less than a minute if somebody is a real buyer or not. If you ask them, what's the last property? What's the last fix and flip that you did? What's the last rental that you bought? And if they start squirming, if they don't have solid solidified answer of what it was, they're not a real buyer and you can move on from them. Or maybe they just are a wholesaler and they sell a lot of deals. There's plenty of companies that do that. And a great one. Um, if you're in a market that they're in, Keegley. Keegley is a great company that helps sell deals. So you you know they're only wholesalers. They don't fix and flip. They don't buy and hold. They sell. Uh, they sell people's deals. So that's something that you can do um, as well as have investors, you know, uh, wholesalers um, help you sell your deals. We do that occasionally we do get deals here in Arizona that we just don't have a buyer for it. We don't have the the type of buyer that wants to buy some unique type of property. So we'll have Keegley help us sell it or we'll have other investor friends that we have that wholesale, we'll have them help us sell a deal. So um, joint venture partners, other wholesalers, Keegley, those are free, uh, free people to connect with. Obviously, if you connect with wholesalers sometimes, um, I, I would say you want to make sure that they're actually doing deals and they're not you know clueless on how to actually get deals done because if they're actually doing deals, other wholesalers can give you, um, like Sharita said here, other experienced wholesalers can give you uh, information on what buyers are actually buying instead of just wondering what they're buying. Let's see. Let's see what questions we have here. Uh, I want to take uh, any questions that you guys might have. I, I have a couple other points uh, before I want to wrap up here, but I just want to see if there's any questions on this topic. I'm not going to go off and you know derail and go to some side, side topic. I just want to stick with what we're talking about today. And again, this is going to be a two-part uh, series where next weekend or next Sunday service, we're gonna go into more of the visual um, of how to pull cast buyers and the way in a way that you do it in a paid way. Obviously, we're I wanted to talk about the cheap ways or the free ways tonight for those of you that don't want to spend any money. For right now, anyway. Okay. Damien, I'm a buyer and I'm in Facebook groups getting deals all the time. Yeah, that you know, and on that. Topic that Robin put in there. Uh, I'm in eight in, in different real estate groups that have realtors in them, and I buy. I have bought multiple deals from Facebook groups. Um, I, you know, I, I'm not able to browse them all day every day, but I check Facebook, you know, every day, every other day, and I'll scan through the group, see if there's any posts, or see if there's any type of uh, things that look interesting to me. Let's see. Fernando says, Cody, joint venture option to market when squatting up. You can you can, you know, you could skin a cat a hundred different ways. If you have somebody that you're going to be working with, make sure you vet them, make sure they're a real person, make sure that they know what they're doing if you're going to do any type of business with them. Um, Sharita said it best, Cody, ethical and honest wholesalers. That's it. Uh, da, 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 da. Alicia, have you found buyers on LinkedIn? I have not. I'm sure you can. Um, you can search them on there as well. Like that's another great freeway problem. Actually, that's probably another great freeway. You know, go on your LinkedIn account, reach out to people in your network and then reach out to people within your that sphere of network and see who you can find that's maybe real estate agents, real estate investors in the market you're doing deals in. All right, um, this is a good question. So what about cash buyers wanting to inspect the property? And if it's in a virtual market, do we want them to buy it with just the pictures or have boots on the ground to help them inspect? So I, myself and Pace, we will buy deals sight unseen, um, just going off pictures if we if we're familiar enough with the area. There are some buyers that will do that. Most of them are going to want to get uh, access to walk the property. And so, how you work through that and getting them access is yes, you find boots on the ground. And you can, the best way to get boots on the ground, in my opinion, if you don't know someone in the market you're doing deals in, go into the creative finance group with Pace Morby. uh, Look for some, find somebody that's a sub two student. So, you could literally post in there, hey guys, I'm doing deals in you know, whatever city, Orlando, Florida, uh, Raleigh, North Carolina, whatever whatever market that you're in, post, hey, I'm doing deals here. I'm looking to get some boots on the ground, happy to pay for you to bring some buyers through a property that I'm trying to sell. Throw them a hundred bucks. Let them walk, it, walk uh, your buyers through and, you know, help them learn through that experience. You work on the deal together. Maybe you don't pay them part of the deal, but you just pay them like a hundred bucks, 150 bucks and you allow them to understand how you got that deal and the, the process to of how you got it locked up. Because um, there's a lot of people that may be newer that wanna learn and they're willing to you know go run around and do some of those things because they're able to learn. All right, let's see what other questions we have. Ooh, Mike, thank you. This is a great one. We get, we get these from our title company too. So Mike says, hey, Cody, great topic. I contacted several title company reps that I'd worked with and asked for cash buyer referrals and got good numbers. So that's probably enough. That's not probably. That's another great way to get buyers. That's the way that we get buyers too. Sometimes our title company says, hey, we've been working with the same buyer multiple times and they asked us If they would connect us, uh, you know, connect them with any other investors that sell deals. And we've made connections that way. Um, Obviously, there's some privacy laws and, you know, things that title reps have to adhere to. But, you know, with compliance of both parties, you know, it's usually not an issue um, to make an introduction um, for, for those connections to happen um but title companies are great uh, your attorneys that you work with if you're in an attorney state um, they're closing deals so they know who the real buyers are because they're actually closing the deal uh, let's see Estony yeah, says LinkedIn is a super plug yep. Matt Smith says, use Batch Leads and search in your area's houses uh, that sold cash in the last year and cold call. Yeah, so uh, again, for those of you that don't know, we are sponsored by Batch Leads. If you use the, uh, you know, the code batchleads.io forward slash Sunday, you can get 5,000 free records. Um, but that is, we will break that down next weekend. I don't want to go into it too much, but you can do exactly what Matt said here. And uh, what Matt Smith said, you can go to Bass Leads, search the area that you are trying to find cash buyers in, and then search people that had bought cash within the last year, and then cold call them or cold text them or however you want to reach out to those people. That is a perfect example of using a paid way. That's a way faster way than doing some of the ways that I told you guys about um, just a little bit ago. Um, But those are the free ways. Like Matt Smith's talking about the fast pass way to build a buyer's list the fastest way. Um, Primal Eskimo. You answered my long time question. Thank you. Well, I, I'm, I'm glad that I was able to do that. Uh, let's see. Sharita, um, this. So I, I answered, uh, you know, on some of the things that I'll ask a buyer, um, you know, you can ask them about their strategy. Do you fix and flip? Do you buy and hold his rentals? Are you buying the Airbnb? Um, do you buy creative finance deals? Do you buy sub twos, seller carries? Um, how are you funding? Do you have a hard money lender that you're using to close these and you know, are you funding these yourself? And obviously if it's a first conversation, you want to, you know, ask out the right way. So you're not coming across like, how are you funding this deal? Like you want to just have that in like an easy tone in the conversation. Okay, so uh, you know what are you? How are you funding your deals? Like are you are you using cash or are you using hard money? Private lenders. The only reason I'm asking is sometimes you know if we if we get a great deal that pops up and it has to close in three or four days. You know how fast can you close by? That's how you want to ask that instead of how are you how are you paying for these deals? How are you gonna how are you gonna close? You know like you want to have it kind of more open, more light um, and, and kind of end it in a way of like, you know, because we do get deals that sometimes have to close in a few days. And is that something you could do if the numbers make sense and blah, 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 All right. Oh, here's a good one. Um, how much non-refundable EMD do you ask the cash buyers to pay? So non-refundable earnest money, um, typically again, it's always going to depend on the deal situation, whatnot. Um, if it's under like 150,000, we'll usually ask for like 3,000 non-refundable. If it's o- anything over that, we're typically asking for 5,000 non-refundable. Um, but if a seller makes us put more non-refundable down ourselves, we're gonna ask for more. So if a seller says, "Hey, I want 10,000 non-refundable," we're gonna then go and tell our buyer, "Hey, you need to put down 10,000 or maybe 15,000 non-refundable because that's what the seller wants." So, those, those are the, uh, you know, that's kind of how we go about it. But, general rule of thumb about 5000 non refundable. Matt says, any luck through bigger pockets? Never, um, never spent any time doing that. Um, I'm sure there, there are buyers on there. Obviously, that's the whole purpose of bigger pockets is real estate investing. Um, so, you could find buyers there. I never spent any time on it. Uh, Mike says, Cody, thank you for showing how simple and uncomplicated it can be when you're getting started. Keep it simple. Use a spreadsheet. Yeah, like I I just hate seeing people like get analysis paralysis. That's why I just like to go through the real situation of like, hey, this is how you want to call them. Just have a real normal conversation with them. Get your questions answered. Um, Figure that out. Some people are going to be buttholes and treat you like crap. And that's okay. Call the next one. Then, you know, maybe you'll have a better conversation. Like those are just things you're going to deal with in this business. There's still times where I talk to, you know, and like I literally have to pull, uh, get involved sometimes with our, in our dispo department, if somebody's trying to bully our dispo team and they try to pull some crap on our dispo team, like I have to get involved and like, Hey, you know, it's either, here's the terms. You're gonna pay. You're gonna deposit five thousand dollars non-refundable earnest money by five PM today, or the assignment agreement that we sent to you is null and void, and we will blacklist you and we'll never talk to you again. Have a nice day. Like that's it's business is business, guys. Um, you want to keep it simple and you want to be stern in the the agreement that you make with who you're doing business with. There's a lot of lives at stake that you're working with. And you know, I want to make sure that our team's protected. You want to make sure that your interests are protected. The seller that you promised to perform on is protected, all of that. Um, But like Mike said here, keeping it simple, use a spreadsheet if you have to, to start. I mean, I don't care, just like get get it started. Uh, Let's see, Claudio, how do you avoid having your deal circumvented by a buyer? Well, if you, I mean, usually trying to think where to go with this, because this is like a 20 minute answer, because it's going to depend on the situation. But any deal that we have, um, we're going to, if we're having any funny feelings about the seller being fishy or doing some weird crap, we're going to file a memorandum. Like at the end of the day, that's what we're going to do, Claudio, is we're going to file a memorandum. And if somebody else tries to uh, get involved and take the deal, we're going to sue them and we're going to make them bleed money. That's what we're, we're going to do. That's that's how we prevent it, is we make it very expensive and painful. We did one last year for seven months. They We had a deal that we were supposed to close on in Glendale, Arizona, and this other buyer goes... And because we sent out the deal, they go and try and contract it. They actually contract it. And then they file a memorandum after we had already filed ours like six months before. And we had to help the seller work through probate and all these, you know, nasty situations with their family and all these things. So we get through all that. This other buyer tries to come in and, you know take the deal from us. And I mean, that's how we do it. We file a memorandum. Ours was the first one there. And we had the the legal rights to be able to file it because we you know gave notice to the seller that we were going to be doing that. Other buyer did not. So we just continued uh you know conversations and continued back and forth responses with their attorney. So they would continue getting attorney bills until they were just bleeding money every single month until they eventually just decided to go away. So that's how we do it. We make it painful for them. So that's it. Uh, okay. Let's see what else we got. Uh Kostowik, uh message uh batch lead support. I don't I don't know. They just set us up with stuff. I, I'm not sure. I would message their support. I'm sorry. All right, let's see what other questions. I'm going to take a couple other questions. Ooh, Eddie, how much time do you typically give them to deposit? Two hours, 24 hours? So depending on the deal, um, if it's a really hot deal and a lot of people are fighting over it, Eddie, sometimes I'll tell, I'll literally tell if there's a couple of buyers at the same price. First to earnest money deposit gets the deal. So whoever's going to wire earnest or get a cashier's check to the title company first is who gets the deal. Um, if it's people fighting over it, number one, um, otherwise in just a normal situation where we're just selling it to a buyer, we are going to say by end of business day, by, uh, by the end of business day that they signed the agreement. And if it's already after business hours, when the agreement is executed, it's by end of the next business day. Um, and if it has not been deposited, the assignment becomes null and void and they have no rights to the agreement anymore after that if there's not an earnest money receipt provided by the title company from them by end of business day uh, um so tyler snyder is asking um about you know things to do with his legion tyler i'm sorry i i'm trying to stay focused on cash buyers because that's what this this specifically focused around. Um, happy to answer that, um, you know, maybe sometime this week or on, you know, next week, Sunday service. But again, trying to just focus on cash buyers right now. Um, more people asking, how do you guys avoid buyer circumventing? That I already talked about it. That's, that's it. The, Yes, there are uh, some people saying yes. There's some shady people out there. That's part of the deal, guys. You just have to, um, that's stuff that you have to work through. All right, I'm going to just take a couple other questions here. Ooh, good one here. Your title company or buyer's title company? Our title company. We locked up the contract. It's going through the title company that we pick. If they don't like it, they can kick rocks. That's what it is. That's it. There's no there's no negotiating on that. It's this is how we do business. It's like going into In N Out Burger and saying, Well, I want a chicken sandwich. Well, well, we do we don't do chicken sandwiches here at In N Out. Well, that's what I want. Well, you should probably go to Chick-fil-A down the road because we don't do we don't do chicken sandwiches here. It's it's how you run your business. If we choose this title company, that's who they're using, if they want to do business with us. see what all right let's ask a lot of good questions here guys people asking about the hat but a couple of people ask about it this is a sub 2 hat for Pace's uh, coaching community you have to be a sub 2 student for that awesome hopefully this was able to be helpful for you guys Um, again I want to make this super, super tactical tonight that you can go and take information that we talked about on this live and go and do something with it this week and actually make it make a difference for you. Um, I have had a couple people ask about what contract do you use. If you go to uh, pacemorby.com, you can jump on there, and um, there's contracts and free free downloads that you can get on there. And guys, if you haven't already, I'm gonna I'm gonna use this as a shameless plug. If you're not already on my YouTube channel, take a second to go to Cody Barton on YouTube, subscribe to my channel. I literally put out content around topics like this on a regular basis, talking about, um, you know, if you're newer, trying to figure out how to make, you know, more money in your business, you're just getting started, um, how to, you know, invest virtually, um, how to make the most money on an assignment fee, dealing with tenants, dealing with evictions, um, you know, how to drive for dollars to be the most efficient, um, how to generate leads, walkthroughs, like all sorts of stuff. So, um, you can go. I'm going to just post it here in the chat. And if you're listening in, um, I do have a lot of content around that. So hopefully that can help. And I'm constantly putting out content each week. So guys, um, for those of you that, you know, maybe missed this or some of this was um, a little bit off on time again, uh, Sunday service started and always has started at 7 p.m. Arizona time, So this is, um, you know, something to just make note of. I know daylight savings time changed for different stakes. I think uh, Pacific, Eastern, Central, everybody's time zone changed as of literally, what was it, uh, today. So if your time zone changed, 7 p.m. Arizona time every week, Um, we're going to be back for part two on the next episode of Sunday Service, where we're going to be talking about actually how to tactically pull. Buyers lists and what that uh, what that looks like, and that's going to be obviously you're going to pay to do that. Um, Tonight was how to have the conversation, how to actually um, find some of those people and some of those free ways to be able to do this. Um, So hopefully that was able to help, guys. Again, we are on Spotify and iTunes. If you miss an episode or you want to listen in on your commute to work, school, gym, or whatever, Um, and we are again sponsored by Batch Leads. Shout out to Batch Leads for um, helping us out to pull lists and spend money on here. Um, and Monica says, is this recorded? Every Sunday service is recorded. So you can go back and listen over and over again. So guys have an amazing week. Um, we are almost at the end of quarter one of 2022. If you are not moving yourself closer to where you want to be closer to your goals, closer to what you're trying to accomplish in your life, you have to start taking action now. Don't wait. Don't get analysis paralysis. The reason you listen to this show is so that you can take action. Don't just listen. Get excited and then think about it. Go do something with it. Appreciate it. Have an amazing rest of your Sunday, everybody, and have an awesome week. We'll see you next week. Peace.